Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 11 Live Outdoors. On the mic with you in the office. We're going to get this week done. We're almost there. I want to share with you a message. Ron and I got to hang around a little bit in the air conditioning yesterday and wind up watching a movie. Uh, just happened onto it, and it's one that I had been wanting to watch and didn't realize we could watch it on our TV at home. Uh, so when we found out, we thought, well, shoot, let's watch it. We've got time. Of course, with a lot of things that have a spiritual connotation to them, I wind up taking notes, whether it be a pastor's sermon or a message or whatever's coming out, I, I take some notes from it. I took some notes from this movie yesterday. It's very, very good. I would encourage you, uh, especially after you hear this message, because it'll it, maybe you'll glean some more things from it, to watch the movie called Jesus Revolution. Such a There's so many elements. I told Rhonda today, after I put this message together, I, I took some notes yesterday while we watched the movie, and I, I sat down with it this afternoon when I got home, and and it just kind of boiling together, you know, putting it together. And I told her, I was like, there's so much of that movie that you could pull points out of. It was full of them. Uh, if, if you learn to see and listen with your spiritual ears and your spiritual eyes. So today I want to share with you a message that comes from the movie Jesus Revolution. And when you watch this movie, or if you have watched it, I pray that this opens your eyes to see things that I saw as we got to enjoy a really good put-together movie. I titled this So Many Voices. Now, the story of Jonah comes into play. Midway in the movie, uh, the hippie pastor Lonnie, or whatever his name was, uh, in the movie gave a rendition of this message as a sermon. God tells Jonah to go to an unruly people. He told him to go to Nineveh, a people who are totally out of hand. Right, I mean, I'm, and I'm going to paraphrase this. This is going to be the MOV version. I'm not going to dig into the story of Jonah. I, I'd encourage you to go read it. It's actually there, there's some humor in it. Uh, there's some seriousness in it. There's a lot of things you could pull out of the book of Jonah. I think there's four chapters. It's not real long, but go back and read it. Especially after you hear this this open rendition of my own version. But God instructs Jonah to share the message of truth with them that they might be free. They're in bondage. They're in sin. And, and and he's basically, God's told Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh, and, and I want you to preach the hellfire and damnation of the gospel of God to, to set these people free so that they understand that if they don't change their ways, they're going to perish. Jonah decides, I love this, he decides to go the opposite way. And again, if you if you dig into that passage of scripture, that that story, you'll see a lot of things develop there. He he gets on a ship, and he's going to go off to a place called Tarshish, which is the farthest point, shipping point, uh, business point away from Nineveh. He gets on this boat. This boat sets sail, and a storm begins to rage. You ever found yourself in the midst of a raging storm, maybe because of life's choices? Maybe because of a direction you've decided to go. Maybe because of a decision that you made. Now, when, when this story unfolds, we find the sailors, Jonah, kind of like the Jesus story, Jonah's down in the hole. He's asleep. He's sleeping through this. These guys are up, up top, and they're throwing stuff overboard. They're trying to figure out. And then they decide, we got to figure out whose fault this is. And the story tells that they cast lots to determine who's, who's, who's to blame for, for this storm that these guys are going through that's about to kill them. 
the lot that they cast falls on Jonah. So they go down and get him. They go down and wake him up. And, and of course, he admits his faults to the guys on the boat. And, and they ask, what, do we, what should we do with you to get this to stop? And he tells them, pitch me overboard. Well, at first they thought, no, because we're not going to be held liable for your, your life, you know. I mean, that'll, that'll make things worse. But finally, they pray, and they say, God, you know, don't hold this against us, and they throw him overboard. God had a plan the whole time, right? So we know the story. A whale gulps him in. Now, it was a big fish, is what the Bible says. The Bible says he spent three days in the belly of a great fish. I have a feeling that had nothing to do with a stay at the Hilton. He repents. Uh, he gets things right with God. And in the process of doing that, it makes the fish sick. God makes him sick. And he vomits him out onto dry land. Now, Dylan's story doesn't end there. He, he doesn't go on about his life as he intended. Now, I have to wonder, how long would it take to get that smell off of you? You've been in a fish for three days. That would not be good. No, God tells no uh, tells uh, tells Jonah again. You got to go to Nineveh. You got to complete the mission that he's been given. Now, again, if you go on through the the story, you're going to see that he goes to Nineveh, begrudgingly. He doesn't really want to go, but he does, and he shares the message. He he gives the message that God has given him to give. He tells the people, if you don't change your ways, it, God's going to destroy you. And they do. They do. They, they, they actually take his words to heart. The, 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 the kingdom changes. The people repent. And you'd think Jonah was excited. No, he's upset. He's still mad. You'll have to read that story. I, I'm, I'm going to leave you with that part of it. Go read Jonah <laughs> and hear the whole story once again. Now, the storyline from the movie that, that, that really caught my attention when, when Pastor Lonnie was talking, when he was preaching, he said when, when he stopped running from God, he's talking about Jonah again, when he stopped running from God, the raging stopped. Whew, that's powerful. Listen, you running from God today and you're going through hell, there's reasons for that. Stop running from him and turn and run to him and see if the raging in your life doesn't stop. It doesn't solve our problems. It doesn't say that we'll never have another issue in life. It doesn't say our finances will be overflowing and abundant from now on. But the raging of the storm will stop when we stop running from God. Now, obviously, this message came out loud and clear the minute I heard it while I was watching this movie. So I had to jot these notes down. But this is something that really caught my attention. In the movie... Um, Kelsey Grammer, I believe it is, that, that he, he plays Pastor Chuck Smith, uh, trying to wrap his head around all the things going on in the chaos of the time. That, that's so much turmoil happening. He was in a conversation with his wife, Kay, in the movie. And Pastor Chuck says this, there's so many voices, it's hard to hear the truth. Man, what a powerful statement of today. Are there not so many voices going so loud today that it's hard to find the truth? Our media spins something one way. We hear a story of going another way. We see something another way. It's chaos. There's so many voices pulling at us. It's hard to hear the truth. Now, this was Kay's response, and I, I just this was a beautiful response for her. 
His Pastor Chuck's wife, Kay, says this. The truth is always quiet. It's the lies that are out, that are loud. Wow. That is such a powerful statement. The truth is always quiet. He was saying it's so, there's so many voices. It's hard to hear the truth in the chaos. And she says, the truth is always quiet. It's the lies that are loud. Now, I want you to think about that in context with what I just talked about, about what we're being thrown at today. All the media, all the the noise of our nation, the noise of the world. It's not the truth that's loud. It's the lies. The truth is always quiet. Pastor Chuck responded to her with, well, it's complicated. And again, his wife Kay says, the truth is simple. It's simple. God and his word and his way is simple. Now, I'm not talking about easy. I'm talking about simplistic. I say this a lot. It is the lie of our enemy that complicates things. It gets our thoughts twisted. Takes us down rabbit holes. Has us chasing after carrots dangling in front of us. The, The noise of our culture today is the lie of our enemy. The truth. The truth is always quiet. Pride. Selfishness. Entitlement. These are being shouted so loudly in front of us today that people are catching on to them as if that's what we should do. Like, that's the norm, and it's not. Even within the movie, we can see where pride rears its ugly head. The Pastor Lonnie takes on the pride. He, he begins to own what's going on in this ministry that's blowing up in, in, in California, and, and he begins to take some ownership of it. And Boy, that's not good. That's not a good place to be. So pride, remember what pride does. But in, even in this movie, pride, you have to look for it. Watch for it. You see the response from some others because they see it when it does this. Now, I want you to check out the story of Elijah. We're going to go to 1 Kings chapter 19. Elijah has, has seen God do some absolutely miraculous stuff. Uh, remember, remember when he called fire down from heaven? So here he is fighting, or you know, he's out there battling against the, the prophets of Baal, and, and they're doing all these crazy, crazy things. So he takes the, he takes, when it was his turn, he literally builds his altar, he puts the wood on it, and then he tells them to go get all the water. And they pour water on the altar, and they build a moat around it, and they pour water in this moat around the altar, and they, they wet all the wood, they wet the sacrifice, everything's wet, and then he prays, and God sends fire from heaven, and it consumes not only the sacrifice, it consumes the altar, it consumes the rocks, and it licks up the water that had been poured around everything. The miraculous. The prophets of Baal were killed in that process. But what happens? He... he even though he's seen the miraculous, even though he's seen the hand of God, Elijah, because of the noise, Jezebel, he runs off into the wilderness and he hides. And he finds himself in a cave. And we're going to catch up to him here in this cave in the mountains of Horeb. First Kings chapter 19, verse 9 through 13 says this. There he came to a cave and he spent the night in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, this is God speaking to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? God ever ask you that question? You ever felt like he's asked you that question? What are you doing here? 
He's asked me that a time or two. And here's, here's Elijah's response. Well, I've been very zealous. I've been impassioned for the Lord God of hosts, armies, proclaiming that is rightfully and uniquely his. For the sons of Israel have abandoned and broken your covenant and torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, I, only I am left. And they seek to take my life too. This is a real woe is me moment here. You ever had one of those? <laughs> I'm the only one left, God. They've killed everybody else. All of your prophets are gone. They, they, they kill. I am. I'm the only one left. And they seek to take my life too. What a woe is me moment. So he said, this is God again, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. So he did, and behold, the Lord was passing by, and a great and powerful wind was tearing out the mountains and breaking the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle blowing, a whisper, a still small voice. Depends on the version you look at there. When Elijah heard the sound, he wrapped his face in his mantle cloak, and he went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And behold, a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? What can you hear in the soft whisper? The still, small voice speaking into your spirit right now. God's not in the chaos. God's not in the earthquake. God's not in the fire. He's whispering truth. See, the truth's always quiet. It's the lie that's loud. Think about that for a minute. If somebody's whispering, if you're in a noisy element and somebody's voice isn't very loud, what do you have to do in order to hear them? You got to get close. I believe that's the message in this today. God's asking you, how close are you going to get to me? The, the truth is whispered to you. It's the, it's the lie that's the chaos. It's the lie that's the noise. It's the lie that's, that's being screamed in our culture today. The simplicity of the gospel is what he's speaking into us right now. Truth is always an invitation. It's, it's an invitation to the broken. Truth is an invitation to the lost. Truth is an invitation to all who seek peace. Let me, let me close you up with this. Revelation chapter twenty two seventeen says this. The Holy Spirit and the bride, the church believers, say come. And let the one who hears say come. And let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes to take a drink and the water of life without cost. The Spirit of the bride says come. What a powerful, powerful message today. What are you looking for? Are you caught in the storm? Are you, are you still running from God? Man, he's, he's make, he makes it so clear. The simplicity of his word. It's, it's not easy, but it's so simplistic. God doesn't demand of us. He just wants our choice. We've got to choose whom we're going to serve. We've got to choose whom we're going to follow. Are we going to follow the noise? Are we going to follow the chaos of this world? Are we going to let it drown out the whisper that God is trying to give to us today? It's in that still, small voice. As we draw close to him, he draws close to us. And he'll speak peace into your heart. 
He'll speak salvation to the lost. He'll speak healing to the broken. And there's always an invitation to come unto him. The spirit and the bride say, come. All who are thirsty, come. All who wish to take a drink of the water of life without cost. If It's free, but it costs us everything. It's a surrender to him. Amen. God bless you guys. I, I pray this message strikes you as it struck me. Watch the movie and then and then maybe listen to this again. Uh, let, let the movie speak to you loudly. Yeah, it's a movie about hippies in the 70s, but it's such a cool movie. There's such profound things involved in this, things that we can glean. Pastors, there's things that we can gain from this. It's not about how big the congregation is. It's it's not about how fast the music is. It's not about how we do the lights or how big our building is. It's about who Jesus is because it's Jesus who's truth. That's what they're seeking today. The lost need truth. They need to be found by truth. That's our role today. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to our broadcast, our podcast. Wow, what uh, what a time we are in. I, I pray that you are finding your way through the chaos, listening to that still, small voice. Rhonda and I love you. We thank you so much for all your support. Thank you for your prayers. Please continue to give. Please continue to pray uh, as we journey on this life, seeking out that which is lost so that it may be found. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll talk to you again real soon.